Hey everybody, you've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. And this is Josh. It is Tuesday, January 2nd, 2024. You said it right. We're in the future. I haven't said 2024 yet, I don't. Well, I haven't written it, for sure. When you Maybe. start writing it on all your checks. Yeah, I don't want to... Uh, I don't even do that anymore, I guess. Like, it's that's a Emily job, I, yeah. I guess. <laughs> if there are... Yeah, I think, I think they were checks. I can't even remember anymore. Like, it's such a... I think we got to a point where we were like old, quote unquote, old enough, mature enough that we did like 12 checks at a time or something like pre-written checks. Yeah. And we're near the world where paying credit card, paying phone, getting paychecks are not checks. Yeah. And I, I really don't even remember anymore. I just know on the 15th, I send her, I wire her a transfer <laughs> and then somehow things get, you know what? I think it is automatic. I think it comes out of her account. And then so yeah. I just send her a top up thingy and there are no checks involved anymore. No, so it's like no one knows what year it is. Yeah, and I, I know that was kind of the last time. And I, I, I don't. I guess it'll be like in emails. It kind of does it itself. I, I don't know. Maybe it is kind of more idiot proof than it was. I wonder if people in 1924 felt as in the future as we do in 2024, just in the sense that probably there's sci-fi stories from like the late 1800s where they're like 1924. And now we're past all of that. Yeah. There's a recent one. Jeez, I'm not going to remember what it was, but there was something where they were like, oh, yeah, in the 2024 or whatever. And it was like some 80s movie or 70s, 60s. There was one today that got retweeted onto our Twitter feed. And it was the coming soon to the Mayfair Theater, Jason X, in a couple (laughs) years. Jeez. In that movie, they make some joke that hockey was made extinct in 2024. That huh. hockey got banned in 2024. Wow. What year was that movie, though? Uh, wow. You know, you know, I'm coming off vacation. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, <laughs> usually I'm quite good at this. That Well, okay. So I remember I was in Ottawa. Yeah. And you guys got... I didn't see it here, but I'm pretty... I think we screened it. Because you know what? I want to say... I'm going to say uh, 2001. Because that's when I came to Ottawa. And I remember seeing the trailer for it at university. And I remember hoping you guys would get it. I can't remember if you did get it or not. It was hard to find, I remember. Oh, well, okay. So I just moved to Ottawa. So to me, everything was far away. You're correct. Yes, yes. So So I have not messed up in 2024, by the way. Before our time, but I think that Mayfair got that one. But it's so weird. I always think that's strange. Like, when you're writing about the future, why not write 200 years? Yeah. Because we keep catching up to it. Like, it's happened over and over again. Like, we are past Blade Runner. We are past (laughs) Akira. And the one I saw today also was that, is it New Year's Day or New Year's Eve? New Year's Eve, there's a point of view shot in RoboCop where they're having a New Year's Eve party. And RoboCop is like gaining sentience. So we're only, no, sorry, 2029? We're six years away from RoboCop. What about Demolition Man? Have we passed that? Oh, I don't know. I want to say yes, but I I can't remember what year that was set But Blade Runner was the big one where in the early 80s, that movie came out thinking that by now we were going to be flying cars and robots and giant skyscrapers with neon Coca-Cola all over it. Well, we got robots. We're a little bit there. (laughs) We're almost there. You're not like, we haven't even made one robot. We do have AI threatening to wipe us out at any moment. Oh, Lord, funny you say that. So we had our second, not even second Christmas, I don't know. So there's my, my brother in Kingston. Wait, so you get Hanukkah and two Christmases? I mean, ostensibly, but we didn't didn't do anything for Hanukkah. Like, I don't know. It just didn't. Sometimes we do, but it didn't end up. And plus, honestly, with everything going on right now. Were there latkes? No. Oh, well, come I mean, on. We I mean, we didn't do anything. I wasn't being cute. We didn't do anything. Anything, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, there was a menorah with candles on it, but yeah. they were never lit. 
but every day she added one and i think maybe we thought we would do it but i don't know it's, it's something it's because <laughs> it's like it's just us i'm kind of just a cheerleader at that point you know yeah. I'm, I'm just i know some of the words but not really i lose it after like one line but just i think like i think yeah part of it you know part of the israel palestine stuff is kind of just getting to i think it's just there's so much going on emotionally and everything. yeah you're just like it's hard to feel celebratory you know i'm mean, she didn't say that but i'm just sort so of just assuming. like here have some cookies yeah like it's i'm I, you know and it, it is it's right before christmas and it's like i mean she's been embraced by my family and like gets always gets more gifts than me which is fun it's funny to me you know in a good way but yeah no we were having our thing yesterday and it was like my yeah my brother sister-in-law and one nephew and so Typically, we would go to Kingston because we weren't really given an option. It was just kind of, you know, they're there, so you're going to come in there. And it was always January 1st at like 11 a.m. or something. I always was like, it's New Year's Eve. I'm not going to get crazy, but can we either do it January 2nd or perhaps do it at like 3 p.m. or 1 p.m. or something? (laughs) You know, it was always, it just seemed, and then I looked like the jerk or so I felt. So anyway, so every year I always went, it was fine, you know, blah, blah, blah. So this year, my dad turned 80. My mom is somewhat younger, but not by a lot. And he was basically just put his foot down and he's like, yeah, we're not traveling anymore. <laughs> like for stuff like that anyway. So they didn't come into Ottawa for Christmas. We went out there and then they hosted yesterday. It was for the first time. And we almost thought maybe my brother would be like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. But like, <laughs> luckily not. So it was fun. But the thing about it that was a bit eye-opening was that so like my sister-in-law does some teaching. And so she was talking about chat gpt and how great it is and how helpful it's been for her as a teacher and i was like i no, can't stop believe using what it. i'm she she's so like good with it she just called it chat no no I've she's never friends heard, with it i have never heard someone say that just like oh yeah i was you know like chat's great now and my mom was thought it was like a chat program obviously yeah. and then and we're like no no it's ai and she's explaining and like me and my dad i could just tell even without a word he and i are on the same page where we're just sort of like we really treasure writing and creating emails letters whatever it is from us like i don't want the terminator robot telling me how to write something or giving me ideas i don't need ideas and it's not that i'm like resistant to technology or i think it's not helpful or all that it's none of that which is where my sister-in-law was going with it she's like oh no but it's and i was like no i'm not saying it doesn't have its purposes i'm saying for me personally i cannot see a scenario where i will need this system but i just found that odd like i she was caping so hard for ai as a teacher and i was like is this not the opposite of what you're supposed to be doing and saying it's so weird it's funny how spell check has evolved into chat gpt yeah that will then evolve into full ai the one thing i don't know how soon we're gonna get it but this is leading towards full-on star trek next generation style holodecks right like much so that's something at least but yeah it feels weird to me and i'm like you know i'm not resistant to technology but i'm just sort of like yeah it, it has its place needs to be regulated all that stuff but it's just i find it so funny that i felt like i was the bad guy for being like wait don't we use brain anymore <laughs> like so yeah. i imagine it's going to evolve from a teacher point of view i can see it being way less assignments and way more interaction and yeah. presentations because if a kid is doing a presentation on history or whatever math yeah instead of just saying hey chat gpt do my homework that'll be something at least because how are they going to stop it every time you get an assignment like here do an assignment on canadian history you're just going to type it in and be like bam yeah but they have like cheat finders and whatever like they run through everything through like through chat gpt i'm pretty sure they have all these so so there is an element of that and you can they can spot fakes and stuff but she was almost implying i don't know if she came out and said this but she was basically like kids don't check first sources anymore like she was almost like 
you're doing a book report, yeah. but don't bother reading the book. Like she, she didn't quite say it like that, but that's kind of what it sounded like. And I was like, okay, this is terrifying. It's not, that's not what it should be used for. I think there's also the thing that cheaters are going to cheat. So in any classroom, you're going to have a bunch of good kids yeah. who will do their homework and a bunch who, even if this did not exist, would be cheating by some other form yeah. of cheating. Yeah. And, it, and I guess too, like as a songwriter, I was kind of like, I was supposed to do a song for my dad's thing and it just didn't work out. So my sister has a joke, put one in chat GPT and it wrote <laughs> this terrible song. Yeah. Like, just yeah. awful. So I was telling my sister-in-law that, and she's like, oh, you no, know, you just, you have to get the prompts right. You have to know what prompts to give it. I was like, that is not the thing. <laughs> no, it's not, oh, this is a bad thing people are taking advantage of. No, 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 you just need to know how to game the system better. It's like, no, that is not what we're doing here. <laughs> yeah, every sci-fi movie and book that ever warned us against technology <laughs> has the part where we're using it too much, and every time we use it, it gets smarter. Yeah, exactly. And I don't think we can stop it now, right? <laughs> no. Like, so we'll see, but it just freaks me out. Like I don't, and I was working on a, a screenplay and I came up with the concept and I was working on it myself. And then uh, sort of a friend of a friend was helping me out. And then he was like, oh, I put a bunch of stuff through chat GPT and uh, check it out. And I never actually did read it, not to be a jerk or anything like that, but it just, but just the concept freaked me out, you know? Yeah. So anyway, it's, anyway. it is what it is. It's not for us, but it freaks me out a little, not gonna lie. So to completely switch gears in the new year timeline we had a whole bunch of rentals and it was a funny different batch of folks in here which i always like so our friends company of fools had oh yeah mamma mia 2 and it's so hilarious like it was packed and it is a sing-along and not a sing-along where people sit on their hands and there's all people in in abba garb and they're singing and dancing so that was a lot of fun, and Company Fools are great. Yeah. And we were chatting about what other movies they could do, because they've done Grease and Sound of Music and Mamma Mia Part 1. And I said, I don't know if it's available as a sing-along, but Little Shop of Horrors would be fun. Worst case scenario, I think we've done it before, where you just put on English on English subtitles. Okay. And that's a kind of a sing-along, but, you know, that's, <laughs> that's the compromise. But who knows? They might have a Blu-ray of it with a sing-along option for it probably but, by now but anyway so that was a lot of fun and then in the live presentation type of thing we had a local i don't know what you would call them comedy troupe music and variety troupe called small fish oh right so they were in new year's eve and i i'm only intimidating or grown up on emails so i was like <sighs> guys you're done at 11. Yeah, because I remember there was this, you and Andrew were discussing this because there was some fear that Andrew might be trapped here. <laughs> well, I was, no, I was working it, so forget, oh, okay. forget worked, Andrew. Yeah, Andrew, he didn't, Andrew, we don't need him. did get trapped here on a previous live event okay. where they were supposed to be out by 11 and they kept Andrew over an hour and a half extra. And, Andrew <laughs> and Andrew's was, a nice guy, you know. He was too nice because I would have been like <laughs> turning off the lights on them and stuff. Oh, man. But this group was great. It was their first time doing something this big, so they were a bit deer in the headlights a couple times. Yeah. But what was in their favor is they were all so nice. Because if they had been scrambling to put on a show and jerks, which I will off the record say, of course, we've dealt with before like any venue has. Sure. It would have been another thing. But because they're all so nice and you wanted to help them and they mm. were thankful, it was a really good event. And it was a really good event. The parts I overheard amongst me working elsewhere was funny stuff and some really good singing and i learned a new word or acronym what is uh -oh. it swam so straight white able-bodied man dang so that's me i lose on all fronts i'm the most boring one two three four but this event was none of the performers were that 
So at one point there was like some comedy about it and they're doing some funny jokes about that kind of thing. And I was like, I might be the only swam in the building. I don't know. So, but I gained all kinds of good ally and woke points just by being here. Just yeah. by being. But you had to be here. But I had to you be here. You got paid to be here. Fair. Yes. <laughs> so maybe not like A plus points, but what still something. What a good something. guy Josh was getting paid a salary <laughs> I'm to a hero. work at his business. But we, we hosted them. And I think in this sense, and I joked about this as well, we get, unjustly, we get credit for this event because people see it in our calendar yeah. or the media whereas we're like no 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 we're just the venue and these fine folks put on the event but nonetheless just them being here makes us look cool yeah because if some other cinema is just screening a normal movie or whatever and we're hosting this big awesome queer music variety show <laughs> we're way cooler yeah and you kept being like i'm woke in the sense <laughs> that i opened my eyes this morning <laughs> yeah. ah, and like no one laughed and he's like okay well i'm still getting paid and I complimented them because they were out at 11. Okay. And at like quarter two, they were wrapping up and everything. Because you scared the hell out of them. I did. Well, <laughs> to be fair, like that's the rental. And it's very frustrating when the rental is till 11. Yeah. And they're like doing their last song at 11. Yeah. And it's not too bad at the end of the night, but it's New Year's Eve. But when it's the middle of the day, and if someone has a rental and they're supposed to be out by five, and they're still... 40 kids running around and the cake's not cleaned up yet. You're mm. like, you have to leave. Yeah, seriously. But that's every venue. I, I know friends in live events and restaurants and stuff. And it's always that thing of, no, if the rental says two, that doesn't mean you show up at one to set up for two. That means you get here at two. Yeah. No, that's uh, But these guys are really good. And I was very thankful to them and complimented them that they were more professional than more professional type people that were in. And they were very good about being out on time and they were nice they were even like cleaning up a bit and stuff and picking up popcorn bags so Dang. that's always nice so maybe we'll have them back next year that would be cool so what time did you get out on new year's eve so i was out of here at god maybe like five past eleven oh, and geez. and like while they were cleaning up i did a good deed for andrew who was in the next day and cleaned up the cinema a bit and threw out four garbage bags of garbage into Jeez. our bins nice so got a bit of a head start there but as I was locking the door, they were still mingling out front and saying goodbye to each other. <laughs> and you pretended you had never seen them before, right? Yeah. You're just like, no eye contact. I'm trying to sneak past and not get, you know, I'm a different guy now. But then because we live in apocalyptic weather times, it was nice enough for me to bike. It was cold, but there was no snow. And in normal winter attire, I biked just fine. So I was able to hop on my bike and get over to my friend's house by like 20 after. And uh, was there for midnight. So. Oh, well, you didn't even go home? No, I went straight there. Dang. Gwen was there already. And so I went straight there and then stayed out. And it wasn't like a party party. It was a laid back, grown up, hanging out event. Yeah. But I was up later than I've been in a long time. Well, I believe you're not a night person at all. So We got home at four in the morning. And Yikes. I was like, for real, I can't, I was like, I can't remember last time. Last time I was up this late was probably working on a film shoot or something like that. Or playing Dungeons and Dragons like yeah, 20 well, years even, ago. <laughs> even a handful of times being suckered into working here for cinema, you're still home at say like two in the morning. Yeah. So I beat that. I have no idea when I was up that late, but it was, it was funny when I was biking there, I was biking past, it was dead, Yeah. but everybody was at parties or at home. But I passed by a few rich houses in the neighborhood and I could see parties. And I wondered the sociological experiment of if I just walked in and there's a party and I walked in and went, 
I brought popcorn. <laughs> How many people would cheer and go, yay? And I would just get in and be able to blend in. Someone would scream for sure. Or would somebody be like, wait, who's that guy? Yeah. Someone would scream in a terrified sense. And like, I <laughs> yeah. don't know, your lack of a, of a tux might be a lot. But if you took your dog, maybe that might yeah, smooth yeah. it over a little bit. I think at a big party like that, you have a good shot of just crashing it. Because there's always a friend of a friend who got invited along. So the people running the place might not recognize you and not point you out, you know? And if you said Mayfair Theater sponsored popcorn yeah, or something, yeah. if you name drop that, they would feel an obligation. You yeah. Know? But so, yeah, next yeah. time. So were you out partying on uh, New Year's Eve? No, I, actually, we had friends over a couple who, like, we don't see too often, even though they're only, they're in Orleans. Uh, that's not why, but just, I don't know. They have, they have a lot of, like, it's not uncommon for them to cancel day of if we have plans or, like, even an hour before or something like that. And it's totally, we, we don't take it personally. It's just, like, you know, it's just sometimes not feeling it, you know? Whatever. Orleans might as well be Toronto for me, though. Yeah, like, like, it's not super close. It's inconvenient at times, but, like, they're lovely people, but just, you know, it, like, we're probably their best friends, and part of that is because we know that it's just, you know, you play off of them. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And so... So, yeah, so, like, they were kind of wishy-washy initially, but then, like, they were going to come stay overnight. You know, we got the guest room all cleaned up, super nice. So then, literally, so we were cleaning all day, and then they were going to come over for eight. And then, so, I had left my phone plugged in, and then when I went upstairs after after vacuuming, I checked, and they had canceled at 10 after 8, but then uncanceled 10 minutes later. Thinking about it, uh, yeah. It pretty much, because I think they thought maybe I saw the message and was so mad I hadn't replied. <laughs> and so they were like, okay, well, we'll try it, but I hadn't seen anything. But I really think it was one of those ones where you're like, once you get there and you know you you're talking and hanging out, you're fine. Which is what happened. They came, we all hung out, had an awesome time, and like you know, I went to bed at some late hour. I don't know, maybe we'll say three. Like I don't even know. Yeah. Might not even have been up as late as you were. I beat but, you. Yeah. So it was, but I was drinking. So I'm gonna yes. blame the drinking on. I was know. just eating lots of cookies. We will, actually, you will be proud. What we ended up doing was I threw on. Oh God, it was. It was after midnight because I want. I was trying to do 365 movies in the year, and okay. I, I had done that. And then I, I watched the night before. I watched Bloody New Year as my final one because it's a set at New Year's. It's not a very good horror movie, but anyway. And so I, I'd done that on the 30th because I was like, you don't know if you're having people over, you you might not watch a movie. You probably won't watch a movie because you're hanging out, you're talking, whatever. So I don't want to have 364 and then be like, come on, guys, we gotta Get watch out. a movie. <laughs> yeah. And so I did 365. But then I was in the process of movies. I was talking about the second Spider-Verse movie. Okay, yeah. And I was telling him, I was like, I don't say this lightly. You know, I would never just sit. And plus, I've been drinking, so I was a little more passionate about yeah. the point. But I was like, it might be the best piece of animation I've ever seen. Yeah. And so, and they hadn't seen either Spider-Verse movie. And so they're like, do we have to see the first one? And I was like, I mean, it, it, I would say no, but it helps. Yeah. It does have Cage and the second one doesn't. That's the only thing I would say. But so anyway, so we threw it on just after midnight. So it counted as January 1st, technically. So I didn't go 366 movies. Yeah. And I started 2024 with a great movie. So good. So we watched it and I forgot how long it was. And so she pieced <laughs> out at like two o'clock in the morning when there was, I thought, a few minutes left and there was 25 minutes yeah. left. Yeah. But me and my buddy, we finished it out, watched it. They loved it. So good. Obviously. And so, like, that's how I finished or started New Year's. Is part three this year? It's supposed to be. Oh, I hope strikes and COVIDs didn't screw that up. Uh, okay, so let us hop into talking about the movies we were screening the week of Friday, January 5th. We have Dream Scenario and Eileen back for second weeks. Oh, yeah. Big Cage film. You try to slip that in there and acting like it's not a big deal, but Cage, you know. And as we talked about, as we theorized, I really did love it. Yeah. and But it's one of those movies where my brother came and another friend of mine came. 
and Gwen was with us, and okay. we were all the same thing. It was like, wow, that's a movie to talk about. Like, yeah, like that movie made me think. It it wasn't. I wouldn't call it a comedy. Like it had funny parts, but I think that's kind of underselling it almost. Like it's not. It's it's not strictly a comedy. That's like, the weirdest thing. I have a quote on the website that I put before I saw it. Yeah, and somebody gave it four to four stars and was like. A hilarious comedy of the year. And I, I'm like, I saw that. Kind of, There's but it's laughs. also like a really dark sci fi or something. I like, almost found it, yeah, to be like a drama. Like, I don't know. It's hard to say, like, because it did remind me of like the filmmaker's other movie, which you also loved and I didn't like. Yes, yes. So, I, like, I liked Dream Scenario, but I didn't feel like good after watching no. it, you know? <laughs> well, it's one of those movies that I won't spoil it, but it, it has a nice moral to the story, but. It's the joke I make over and over again. It's not the movie you're going to be like, hey, grandma, it's Christmas time. Let's watch Dream Scenario. Yeah, no. It's not going to have that kind of repeat viewing, but it had me enthralled in the what the hell is going on. Oh, for sure. And you just, you kind of feel bad for him, even though he's he's a sad sack kind exactly, of guy. Exactly, yeah. But he's really, he's really pathetic is the best way I can say it. But And you're right, too. It's one of those movies that I totally appreciate that some people don't like because there's no nice people in it. No. Like, his family's not great. No, the kids His are all kind of jerks. Coworkers, <laughs> And then I thought the scene was funny, but with Michael Sarah, where oh, Michael yeah. Sarah, it always seems that nice guys play jerks really well. Because by all accounts, Michael Sarah is just like a really nice, good Canadian boy who's done well. Yeah. And who does really weird projects. But he's good at playing that, you know, Hollywood jerk kind of thing. Definitely. And so you felt for Nick Cage, but you also, it had a bit of a crime doesn't pay vibe of like, he didn't handle his fame well. Well, no, like he brought almost everything on himself pretty much, almost. And there's know. a couple times in the movie where it could have skewed with him doing well. Yeah. And he screws it up, but that's what the script was doing. I know. It's like you said, like, it made you angry, but that's what it was kind of trying to do. Exactly. But it is. It's one of those, it's a conversation piece of a movie where anybody who was like, oh my God, that drove me nuts. I'd be like, yeah, I understand. It's kind of like very different Blair Witch Project for anybody who complains about shaky camera and yeah. a weird script and this and that and whatever. Why is the camera on all the time? I'm like, oh yeah, I get it, but I still loved it. Yeah, and then I mean, I love Cage more than anyone, but he's not likable in this movie. Yeah, yeah. When he's not supposed to be, you know? So, I mean, I do hope, I love that it's getting the accolades and I really hope he gets an uh, Oscar nom for it. But yeah, like it was, it's, yeah, it's not... An enjoyable watch, uh, but it's very rewarding in a different way, you know? <laughs> yeah, I am much more apt to watch, I forgot the title again, the one with him and Pedro Pascal. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, Massive Talent. Massive Talent. Yeah. I would recommend Massive Talent for a bit more of a mainstream audience and, and more apt to be like, that's a fun movie. Yeah, but this is, it is very good. Like, it's, very just, good, it's yeah. just not, it's not, if you come in thinking it's going to be a straightforward comedy, it's not. <laughs> Even... As the credits rolled, Gwen said something like, wow, thank God for A24. Because <laughs> A24, whether you like everything they do or not, they're just out there doing this stuff. Yeah. And they're producing weird indie movies and international talent and putting Nick Cage in the lead of movies and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And keeping their budget low so they're more apt to have a successful box office return because they're not making $200 million movies. Yeah. So yeah, I like A24 a lot for that. They are doing what Miramax was back in the day, and then hopefully they just don't have a evil leader that'll make it all go sour. Yeah, and I'm like, people are liking it. And even still, you're getting calls about, you know, whether tickets are available for this and whatnot. Today, so, yeah. Yeah, so. so I'm glad that people are coming out and seeing it. 
Then we have a newish film, Haunting in Venice. Oh, yeah. Which is funny because it completes the trilogy for us. We've played all of these Kenneth Branagh, Agatha Christie movies. And it's a good, you know, holiday season, late holiday season, family matinee kind of thing. It's a murder mystery, but it's PG rated. Yeah. And one of those movies that you could go to with the grandparents and really good cast, besides for Kenneth Branagh, Tina Fey's in it, which is interesting. Oh, interesting. And Michelle Yeoh, who I love. Well, obviously. Gwen and I saw the trailer for this in front of, I can't remember what the last mainstream movie we saw. I don't know what it was. But the trailer did not play up the Agatha Christie and played up the horror movie aspect of it. Well, because it did come out in October. Yeah. And then, 75% through the trailer, Kenneth Browner shows up with a funny mustache. And you're like, wait, what? Is this an Agatha Christie movie? (laughs) But these have done well for us. This is a nice kind of, you know, has an Academy Award winning filmmaker with Kenneth Branagh behind it. And just a nice, it's the example I give where we can play a weirdo movie like Dream Scenario and a nice movie like Haunting in Venice at the same time. Yeah, and it's funny to think that, it, and it is a franchise, you know, I mean, yeah. so much like the Trip to Italy stuff, you know, we play these franchises that we don't think will be a franchise. Yeah. Then we have our John Cassavetti's January oh, yeah. Film Fest. So this is the second one. We just had A Woman Under the Influence. And then the following week, we'll have The Killing of a Chinese Bookie. I thought you meant in the audience. There oh, no. Yeah. I was like, that's weird that you pointed that out specifically. Might have been. I don't know. Yeah, oh, good. Well, it was New Year's. So <laughs> True. I mean. So opening night is another highly acclaimed Cassavetes film, Berlin International Film Fest, mm. Best Actress and Film Biff. Award winner. Biff. Our old friends that. Biff. That's, that is, I'm going to say, <laughs> my favorite film festival just based on the acronym. <laughs> Five stars from alternate ending. The plot is a renowned actress teeters on the edge of a breakdown as she counts down the days towards a big Broadway opening. Oh, geez. Wow. That sounds stressful, but (laughs) like perfect. And then, of course, this week, the big thing is a trio of films with our friend Greg Sestero in attendance. The Canadian premiere of Big Shark, the Ottawa premiere of Miracle Valley, and the, am I getting this right? 166, 67, and 68th. screening of the room oh i didn't even think of that you're inflating the numbers i am three in one month huh yeah smart and then the january 7th matinee of the room which is weird will be the live audio commentary with greg doing q a and telling stories along with the movie so kind of like you're watching a live a live dvd commentary of the movie and what are we saying matinee means six or three three okay yeah i thought because typically it does mean like one to three ish kind of thing but like for us sometimes it's six yeah we're leapfrogging the days so each day you'll have a chance to see the room big shark and miracle valley in kind of different time slots and they get better each time so you should come to all three each of those days nine times you will miss stuff because it's so yeah so the first day is Miracle Valley, 6.30, Big Shark, 9, The Room at Midnight. The following day, Miracle Valley at 6.30, and The Room at 9, and Big Shark at Midnight. Ooh. And then the following day, The Room at 3, Big Shark at 6, and Miracle Valley at 9. Okay. We're hoping to get Greg on the pod. I haven't chatted with him yet, but the thing is, sometimes his schedule is nuts. So he might be landing in Ottawa Friday morning yeah. and leaving Sunday night. So we're going to see what we can do, but... Just look at his itinerary on his social media, and it's it's crazy. It might end up just being, like, you chatting with him for 10 minutes and cutting that into a pod. With That's us what I was thinking. <laughs> like, we could chat with him, or depending on where you are, yeah. I could, for something like that. Like, do a quick little 15-minute thing, and then just slide that into a pod of us just giving whatever week's movies are upcoming. And that could be a 
puzzled together podcast. I am hyped and hope I remember or get the chance to point out that he is sharing the screen with Cage. Yeah, like dream scenario is playing before his three movies. I know he didn't do all three of the movies, but yeah, yeah, I I did think that was cool, and I do think Greg will like that. Oh, I I believe he is a Cage fan, so yeah, and he's a movie nerd too. So yeah, of course, I want to chat with him because I went to see home alone at the nac and home alone is his favorite movie okay okay all right and that's he, much less weird he now. talks about when he was much younger and naive writing a script for home alone 3 okay and he was going to be in it of course playing the culkin role or i don't know if he wanted to play grown up robert McCul- i don't know but i do know <laughs> wait does macaulay culkin have a podcast Probably. Everyone has a podcast. I mean, yeah, let's be honest. Greg was on a podcast with Macaulay Culkin, which I have not listened to, which now, as these words come out of my mouth, hmm. I'm like, I got to track that down. Yeah. And I think they talked about his... Oh, his script. His script for Home Alone 3. So was, did he write this in like high school kind of thing? I or? think so, yeah. When so he it's was like just super like, bad, but maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe not as good. Maybe. I think what would be funny is do a live reading of the Home Alone script. Yeah. Well, if, can if we he, be in it? Yeah, well, if he did it here, do it with him and whoever. But if he did it in, I think Macaulay lives in France. But if oh, he wow. did it there, do it with Macaulay. I think that'd be really fun. Do some kind of charity thing, you know? Because yeah. they do that kind of thing every once in a while. Well, they'll do an unproduced script or yeah. a rough cut of a script or something that has a different ending. Or they'll do a familiar script with different actors in the part. Yeah, like, yeah, they did. Oh, they even did that with The Room. Right? Yes, yes. Bob Odenkirk, I want to say. And they filmed that, and I do not know where that stands. I, I don't know. I don't know if that's coming out. I don't know where. We'll ask Greg. So yeah. I'm sure people will ask Greg about that because he always does Q&As. So be like, where's that Bob Odenkirk thing? Man. Yeah, no, he's I, he's going to get probably the same hundred questions each night. Poor guy. Uh, you know, but he's, he's, <laughs> he's good at it. You know, he he's loves very it. nice. I count him as being a very good example for nerds meeting their heroes or people they admire is... Greg is never shy to reasonably do a selfie or sign an autograph or answer a question. Yeah. I co-starred in Drag Dragon with him in a way. There you go. That's the way I'm wording it anyway. Yeah. Six degrees. Bam. Not one. We are co-starred. We have been in one movie so far. So far. So far. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Yeah. So that is it for our first week of the new year, the week of Friday, January 5th. We're going to wrap things up now and go watch a movie before the real movies start playing here at the Mayfair. And we can escape before the staff gets here. Yeah, that's always my goal, even though I'm the boss, is to just be like, I just want to be out of the way. Yeah, you don't want the stop and chat. Yeah. That happened the other day where it was, just, you know those days where I I appreciate it, but there were some questions. I was just here to watch the movie. Yeah. And I just had that, you know, that Kevin Smith type thing of like, I'm not even here today. Yeah. I'm you, just watching a movie. You shouldn't have screamed the F word at them, but still. No, that didn't happen. Sure, I pushed them and ran, but hey. <laughs> He's very professional. <laughs> yeah. But so thanks for listening, everybody. As the holiday season wraps up, I hope you had a good one and best of wishes in 2024. And we hope to see you here at the Mayfair for nothing but good movies because we never show a bad movie. Every night. Nothing but cage movies. <laughs> at least night. this week it feels that way. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you soon at the Mayfair. Bye. Bye. Oh, and great news. My McFarlane cage statue arrived perfectly. Oh, thank God. So, you know, he's safe at home. I'll bring him in, you know, maybe uh, for the last dream scenario. (laughs) I can't believe I agreed to go on this trip. Just wait till you see this place.
all of you are here seeking something you can't find. Welcome to Miracle Valley. <laughs>